God, make it clear to us as we gather and as we hear your word. Make it clear to us that Jesus is the hope. The hope of the world, the hope of the church, the hope of our souls. And that in him and through him, we have a place with you in a glory that outstrips and outshines anything in this world. Make it manifest. Make him manifest to us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. They were one of those one-hit wonder band. See how old some of you are. It was the five-man electric band. Do you remember their one song? And the sign said, you have to have a membership card to get inside. And the, the refrain was, sign, sign, everywhere the sign, blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that, can't you read the sign? They re-recorded it. I didn't mention this first serve. They re-recorded it later, so they had two hits. The second time, they were the five-man acoustic band, <laughs> trying to stretch their, their thing out. They, they were against signs. I mean, it was that protest time in our country, and in the view that signs are somehow restrictive, prohibitive, you can't go, you can't stay. And yet, ultimately, signs are a good thing. Signs are helpful things because signs convey information that's important to us, like, like these signs. No, the, these are good signs. These are helpful signs. Uh, maybe we'd say, well, it's restrictive. It says one way. I'd rather go that way. Yeah, but it's one way because this is the safe way or stop. You know, I don't want to stop. Who's telling me to stop? But the, but the sign is helpful because, well, there's cross traffic, and if you don't stop, you're going to get clobbered as you go through. Signs are helpful things. They give us good guidance. We're going to be looking at a number of signs during the Epiphany season from the Gospel according to John. Uh, the Epiphany season we might call the inauguration of Jesus. You know, we're about to have a big inauguration here in, in the country in just a little bit. Uh, we could be thinking about the epiphany season as the inauguration of Jesus. When you hear the word inauguration, you probably think, well, that means beginning. Inauguration, we're beginning. Actually, the word goes back to a, a, a Latin word or a, a Roman idea about reading the flights of the birds. And that would be to augur well. If the birds have the right kind of flight, it augurs well. It's a good sign. And so you'd use these good signs to have a new leader. We're going to look at the inauguration, all of the signs that gather around Jesus so that we might see him to be the one he is, our hope, our life, our salvation. And so we'll look at these throughout the season of Epiphany, seven signs from John. He doesn't call them miracles. You know, a miracle is, is, uh, is, is wow. Oh, look at that. Wow, that's a miracle. A sign is a miracle and more. There's, there's a message behind it. And so today we look at this is uh, from John. It says, this, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee. He was there at a wedding feast, and he changes the water into wine. And John doesn't call it a miracle. He calls it a sign. We ought to learn something. It, it's indicating something about the future. You might jot this down. A sign is designed to make possible a specific perception or insight. The sign isn't the thing. 
The sign is a message about something else that's coming, like a stop sign. It's not just the sign itself. It's telling you about what's coming, cross traffic, and so you better stop for a while. Well, what is it that, that Jesus signifies then in this first of the signs that he gives to us? He's giving us this kind of a sign. You've seen those signs, haven't you? You get to the end of an of a exit ramp, and there on, on the other side is, is a sign that says, James and Lydia's Wedding. And, and so you know how to get to James and Lydia's wedding. That's what Jesus is signifying today about his kingdom as he begins his ministry. He's signifying wedding party ahead. He's teaching us today about the nature of his kingdom. It's more than a miracle. There's a message here that we should take to heart. Now, there are a number of things that we can see in this uh, first of the signs that Jesus did, and we should at least pause on this point. Jesus affirms the institution of marriage. We ought to say that out loud. Uh, this first sign doesn't accidentally take place at a wedding. Jesus is intentionally affirming the institution of, of marriage, a man and a woman coming together as, as husband and wife. It's interesting, the Gospel of John begins the same way that Genesis begins. Uh, you know how Genesis begins. Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. How does John begin? Same word. Same word. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything was made that, that was made. Genesis starts out with a creation. John starts out with a creation. And then what's in the second chapter of Genesis? Not that they had chapters when they wrote it, but what happens right after the creation? It's an account of the institution of marriage. God says it's not good for man to be alone. I'll create a helper suitable for him. And so we have this word from Genesis chapter 2. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. What happens in John right after the account of the creation? The first thing in chapter 2, we have a wedding. And there Jesus is to give us the first of his signs. We ought to at least pause on this. It is important for the church to continue to work within our culture in a very kind way, in a very gentle way, but in a very intentional way to affirm the institution of marriage as part of God's plan for the human race. You know, in our culture, I suppose it's true of lots of cultures, that, that there are any number of powers that are working toward the dissolution of marriage. And we should at least start this message by saying God is, Christ is, affirming the institution of marriage. You know, social commentators, whether they're believers or not, will lay lots of the ills of a culture at the feet of you know, the breaking down of the institution of marriage. Uh, a lot of the social ills, financial ills, uh, uh, violence. And so today as the church, we should gently but firmly affirm the institution of marriage as part of God's plan for us. Uh, this, this, this sign didn't happen at a retirement party. This sign didn't happen at a birthday party. This sign didn't happen at a barn raising party. It happened at a wedding party. A second thing that, that we can take from this passage is that Jesus teaches us to trust in him no matter what. Now, you know what happened in, in this sign. Uh, Jesus had been invited to the, to the wedding with his disciples. He didn't have all 12 yet, 
but the disciples he had, they were invited to the wedding party. They went. It says Mary, his mother, was there. There's some indication that she was in on the planning of the party. This might have been a poor relation or poor uh, friends of hers, you know, poor because they ran out of money or ran out of the wine. And so she sent for Jesus and she said to Jesus, uh, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, kind of a curt response, right? No matter how you read this, and even if I say, well, in the Greek it says, no matter how you read this, it sounds just a little curt, doesn't it? Woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Clearly, she's being rebuffed. You know, for good reason, I suppose, but she's being rebuffed. But she doesn't give up hope. She is convinced that Jesus is the source of blessing. And so she says to the servant, just do whatever he tells you. And you know what happens. He says, well, fill up these jars with water and then take some out and it turns into wine. And, and not just wine, but a lot of wine. And not just a lot of wine, but very good wine. If you were here, we did this a few years back just to de demonstrate. We had 908 empty wine bottles up here on the chancel to demonstrate just how many bottles of wine that would have been. And if you do the math, and I'd done the math, it would have been an out-of-the-blue wedding present of about nineteen dollars to $20,000. Mary said, just do whatever he tells you. Mary trusted Jesus, even though in a degree she was being rebuffed. Uh, that that uh, 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 one of the commentators I, I was reading about this said that what's probably going on here is Jesus now is breaking away. His ministry is beginning. It's inaugurated. And so he's not so much under his mother, but now he's, he's leading his ministry as the very sovereign God. So the commentator put it this way. He says, it's almost as though Mary has said, Jesus, they are out of wine. We better do something about this. To which Jesus responds, ma'am, what do you mean we? <laughs> I'm the one that's the power. I'm the one who has authority. And she said, just do whatever he says. Here's the question I have for you. Where are you running low on wine? Where in your life are you getting toward empty? What's failing? What's going away? What don't you have enough of? Go to Jesus and trust in him. It may feel like you're being rebuffed. It may feel like you're being turned away. But remember, God is able in Christ to provide you with all that you need and then some. It says in Matthew, it says, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Where are you running low? Look to God. This is more than a miracle. Uh, Jesus is teaching. He has a sign for us about the future. And the main thing that he's showing us Jesus is signaling for us the future. He's signaling the future. First of all, in himself, he's signaling his future. Okay, here we are. Jesus is at a wedding, and they've run out of wine. And he's asked about, well, there's not enough wine. And he says, what is that to me? And what did he say? He said, my time has not yet come. Jesus indeed had come to get married. He came into the world to take a bride. And the bride that Jesus came to take was you and me, his church. He came into the world for his own wedding, but he reaches out and finds us as his bride, spotted, befouled, filled with sin and filthy in our rebellion against God. 
And so before his wedding could be consummated, he had to himself drink some wine. Not this wedding wine, but the cup of God's wrath. And he had to drink it to the dregs there on the cross to cleanse us, to take us away. For him to come and take his bride for himself, he was to suffer and die upon the cross. That might explain Tim Keller. He's a a preacher, an author. Tim Keller talks about this event. He, He said that might explain a little bit Jesus' response. Mother, what is that between, or woman, what is that between you and me? My time has not yet come. Even at the beginning of his ministry, he was looking ahead to his own wedding. And have you ever been, been at this point? Uh, maybe there's someone who really wants to be married. You know, some fella, some lady, really, really wants to be married and, and waiting for it, and my time hasn't come, and so anxious to do it, and is getting dragged again to some second cousin's wedding. And that's the kind of spirit or, or, or feeling or experience Tim Keller says Jesus might have had, that there he is stuck at the cousin's wedding looking forward to his own, even though it would bring suffering and death upon him. Jesus is signaling the future, his future, and Jesus signals our future. He came to take us as his bride. It says, this is Luke 22, it says, Father, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. However, not my will but yours be done. For him to take that cup upon himself, he then opens up the kingdom for us. Jesus signals our future. There's a wedding ahead. That's what he's come to do. That's what the kingdom of God is. Uh, He has come for a banquet, for a celebration. Uh, We should drink this in. This first of the signs is a very intentional. He's setting the framework. He's setting uh, the groundwork of what he's doing for us. The last thing Christians should be is sourpusses. Because Jesus has come for a banquet, for a celebration to teach us the nature of his very kingdom. He's come to take us home as his bride. It says in Revelation chapter 21, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. As we see today the inauguration, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we see that first augur, that first sign of what's to come. It's a celebration for you and for me, with Him in glory always. Are you looking for a sign? You know, as you start a new year, are you looking for a sign? People want signs from God, right? Hey, what's coming? How can I have a bright future? Are you looking for a sign? Don't miss the signs that God has given to us. Pastor Sutton and I got lost this last week. Well, we didn't quite get lost. We missed a sign. Twice. (laughs) It was my fault. (laughs) I I knew, of course, I knew right where we were going. But we got the talking and thinking and all of that, and it was a little foggy, and we went right past the sign. We turned around, went the other way, and went right past the sign again. We didn't end up where we wanted to. We ended up where we didn't want to be. We missed the sign. 
Let's make sure during the Epiphany season that we don't miss the clear signs that God is giving to us about the nature of the kingdom and the joy that we have in Jesus. It says in John chapter 2, this, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. One more thing about this wedding picture, idea, reality that Jesus gives to us today. Remember what He teaches later? He says there's room for a lot more at the party. Go out into the highways and byways and bring them in. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we celebrate what You have given to us in Jesus. Forgive us for thinking about being a Christian is, is dull, boring, drudgery, some kind of a necessary evil, but is a great and joyful experience that you have come to be our God in Jesus, and we are safe with you now and always, and it will only get in, in your glory better and better. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.